button if you have one. We're going to work this together this morning. And the new series that we're starting today is called Strong Relationships. Strong Relationships. Um, Valentine's Day, uh, it's uh, happening this week. I don't know if you have any plans for Valentine's Day. Any plans? Yeah, taking your wife to movies or de- a date? Maybe coming to church for a prayer meeting? Right? <laughs> I don't know. So um, we all need to go back to the basics. I-, I believe that, right? We all need to go back to the roots. And one of the fundamentals of our Christian faith is love. We know that. Because God is? God is? Come on, say it with happiness. God is love. I'm happy. So happy that God is love. And not anger. <laughs> God is love. And even more, the first fruit of the Holy Spirit is? Love. So love is important, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, love is important. It's really important. We need love. So, uh, through this series called Strong Relationships, we will learn some basics. We will learn about love. Pastor will will be sharing in the following Sundays about kindness. Uh, we will be talking about communication, how to handle conflicts, etc. So, I, we invite you to attend the following weeks and to not miss any of these sermons, any of these messages. As always, we have all these messages recorded, so you can go home later and you can check them out in our website. Let me say to you, let me share with you this phrase. The quality of your life will be determined by the quality of your relationships. I'll say it again. The quality of your life will be determined by the quality of your relationships. You could be making a lot of money. You could be like uh, having no financial stress, right? Having a job, a good career. But if you don't have relationships in your life, if you're not connecting with someone, you know, you're just missing the, missing the point. The quality of our lives depends on the quality of our relationships. How my, my marriage is going, how my relationship with my children is going, how my relationship with God is going. That's the most important thing, right? So, I'll say one more time, the quality of your life will be determined by the quality of your relationship. That's why we are doing this series because our culture tells us one thing about relationships. If you open your bulletin, you will see that I wrote a short article there that is called The Solution to Loneliness. And you know that loneliness right now is like, uh, it's worse than, I don't know, any other illness. Like people that are feeling alone, that are feeling the, the grip of loneliness, they are more, um, um, what's the word, close to get sick, you know, with other kind of illness. And you can read, read this article later and you will find that out. But, so culture tells us one thing about love. Like right now in, in Canada, you know what is the number one song? Yes. Despacito, brother. Want me to sing it? I speak Spanish. I will not sing that. The thing is this. You know what the lyrics of Despacito says? It is not about romance or a good marriage. It's actually terrible. It's perverse. If you will speak Spanish, you will figure it out. It's horrible. And that's the number one song in Canada. And it 
it, it is even rated like a, a family song. They are playing this song in birthday parties and, uh, well, I hear that even in some churches. <laughs> I don't know why. So popular, right? So catchy, but the lyrics are the worst. They just, uh, those lyrics, they don't speak good about the ladies. You know, they diminish women. And, of course, you, you, you don't know about the lyrics because it's Spanish, but it's right there. So that's what culture tells us about love. Love is just about feeling an attraction for someone and going and trying, you know, trying to, to have, I don't know, an affair or whatever, or a sexual encounter with someone. And that's not love. We will learn about love today. Okay, are you with me? Buckle up then. We're going to learn what the Bible says about love. Because we want to be better husbands, better wives, better children, better parents. Amen? That's why we are here. Right? You are here to leave this building being a better person. Not because of a good message or good music. It's because of God's power that is here. God's spirit that is transforming our hearts. So, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray today that you bless us. That you open our minds and you open our hearts, Lord, to receive your word. We believe that every word that you speak to, to our lives, Lord, it's truth. It's power. Your gospel is power. The gospel has the power to transform lives. And we pray today that you transform our thinking, you transform, you change the way we think. That we will leave this building, Laura, with a, with a better glimpse, a better idea of what love is. And we will leave that out. We will have better relationships. We pray for our marriages, for our families, that you bless us, Laura, and that today you will bless our hearts and you will bless our our souls through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a Bible verse and I want to share with you. It's Proverbs, book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And this will be our key verse for our entire series. The title of our series, again, is Strong Relationships. It says, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your... Not with a little bit. With all your heart, trust in the Lord. Do not depend on your own understanding. Or your own opinions. Or your own preferences. Verse 6. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. So if you're feeling like you're in a, in a crossroad right now. You need, to, you need to make some decisions. This is the best place to be. Because the Lord will show you which path to take. So this is the key verse. We, we don't want to depend on our understanding about relationships. We want to know what God says about relationships because we want to apply His Word to our lives. Amen? So we're going to be talking about love today. If I were to ask you to define love for me right now, what would you say? What, it is, what is love? Yeah? Like, back in the days, there was that song, What is love? <laughs> Remember? And again, terrible lyrics. Baby, don't hurt me. Okay, that's not love. If you're, if you're begging, don't hurt me. That guy doesn't love you. Okay? What is love? What God says about love. So let's define love. We're going to do a little word study. You know that the New Testament was written in Greek. So John thirteen thirty four. that's the first verse we're going to read. It says, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. And it is not speaking here about just, uh, you know, the, 
the, uh, about marriage or family. Speaking about life, love each other. Like we just received like three, three homeless person that came to our church, and they, they they came asking for a coffee, and that's great. That's great. Look at this. The the renovation of the building is it's, uh, having an effect right now. It's attracting new people that are seeing our building. And are like, okay, I want to go there and want to see what is going on. So I got to talk to some of them before the service. And the Bible says that we should, we should show love to everyone. Not to some person. Not that, you know, I love him, I don't love him. I like him, I don't like him. Because he doesn't think like the way I think. That's, that's, not, uh, that's not Christianity. Christianity is about love. It's about loving. The Bible says in the root of the gospel, there's love. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son to die for us. For humanity. For ma- mankind. Yeah, you heard that, right? No people kind. Mankind. All right? Yeah. God loved the world. He sent his son. So everything is about love. So what is love? Well, after today, you're going to have a greater understanding of love, and you're going to have a deeper commitment to being a better friend, a better spouse, a better parent, and a better Christian. Amen? So we're going to do a short word study on love. There are four Greek words that can be translated as love. So let's Look at this. The first one, the first Greek word, and you can fill in the blank in your bulletin if you have one. The first Greek word that we're going to see is the word phileo. Phileo. Which means heartfelt affection. Yeah, write that down. Heartfelt affection. This is the kind of brotherly love we have for one another and it's found in the New Testament. You know how many times? 31 times. It's a love that close friends will have for one another. You know, we need friends. Who have friends here? You have friends? Show hands. Yes, like that classic movie says, you have a friend. There you go. (laughs) Yes, we need friends. So good to share life with, with others, right? To have someone that you can trust. That you can call when you are in trouble, when you can call when you are happy and you want to share the good news with that person. We need friends. So this is the kind of love that we have for our friends. It's phileo. The second Greek word is the word storge or storge. Storge. Depends, right? If, if you speak Greek, I, I, I'll say storge. Storge. This word means familial affection. Write that down. Familial affection. It's the love that you will have for your family. You are born into a family. We all came to this world into a family. And it's the kind of love that a, that a, a mother has for her newborn baby. And I'm seeing this kind of love in Megan and Liam. I mean, Liam is so attached to Megan all the time. That even if I try to hold Liam, he will stay with me maybe for 30 minutes. But then he will start looking where is my mommy? <laughs> we have Margaret. Margaret is helping us with Liam this couple of days. And uh, she, she held Liam uh, for, for a while. But suddenly Liam started looking around. Okay, you're not my mommy. <laughs> where is my mommy? It's that kind of attachment, you know? A mother, a baby, uh, a dad, his son, 
or daughters. Uh, that kind of attachment, that familial affection. The third Greek word that, that's used for love is the word eros. Eros. This is the root word for the English word er- erotic. Eros is the love of passion. It's sexual love. And by the way, it's the only one of these four Greek words that you will not, fa- that you will not find in the, in the New Testament. But it's, it's a really important kind of, kind of love. It's the love that happens between the frame of marriage. You know, that sexual love, that passion for one another. You know, for your wife, for your spouse. And the fourth kind of love that we find in Greek is the word agape. That, and this is the last type of love. It's, it's a love at, at its highest level. This is the kind of God love. You know, the unconditional God-like love. And you can write that down in your bulletin. Unconditional love. That's agape. The Bible says that agape love is a radical kind of love. And here's why. Agape love is loving someone when there's every reason not to love them. That's the love that God has for us. Do you think that we are that good that he decided to send his son for us to save us? No, we're not. We're just uh, wretched men. We are sinful men. We all make mistakes. We have turned our backs to God. Our society is turning its back to God. And even even when, uh, with, with, with that happening, God is still loving Canada. God is still loving the world. God is still loving our, our, our communities. God is love. That unconditional love, that agape love that have touched our hearts, that have that brought us close to Him, to Jesus. It's loving another person when there's no immediate benefit to loving them. So for the rest of our time today, I want to talk about how to love each other better whether it's the love that's shared between a husband and a wife or a love shared between two friends. But before we do that, I want to take a moment and let's celebrate God's love for us. That's why we're here. We are here to celebrate your love, God. We are here to celebrate uh, that this beautiful love story that we are having. God loves us. Jesus loves us. You know that Jesus loves his church. It's his bride. And he protects his church. He protects you. He protects me. He loves us. And just like Pastor Merlin was saying at the beginning, His mercies, His love is renewed every morning. His love endures forever, says the Bible. So you are loved. That's why you can come to this place just as you are. Because God is love and He loves you. So to help us discover what real love is, we will look in Scripture and we will read probably the most famous passage on love in the Bible. Where... Can you figure out where, what it is? First, Corinthians 13. Chapter 13. Let's read together verses 4 to 7. It says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's, it is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Just like we were singing before, your love never fails. That's the kind of love that God has for us. So let's learn, to, let's learn together four truths about love. Truth number one, love is a choice. And before that, I want to recommend to you a couple of books. Number one, The Four Loves by C.S. Lewis. A classic. 
You can even go to the library and get it, and you will learn about about love and, and from the from the thinking of this great uh, Christian, this great Christian think, thinker that we have in in in, in the past century, C.S. Lewis. You know C.S. Lewis, right? Narnia, anywhere? <laughs> Anyone? Narnia? Have you watched Narnia, Lise? Okay, C.S. Lewis. Exactly, <laughs> Narnia. Mere Christianity, full loves, miracles. Go ahead. Read some of these classics. And then the other book that I want to recommend to you, it's a best-selling book, is Dr. Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages. You can also learn about how to live out love and how love can transform the way you, you relate to the people you care. So truth number one, love is a choice. I feel in the blank word there in your bulletin. Love is a choice. How many of us have heard the, the phrase, the popular phrase, falling in love? Have you? Raise hands. Let's see. Yeah. In songs, in movies, you know. Hey, Dad, I think I've, I've fallen in love with that boy. We have heard that song, that phrase so many times. But the thing is this. Is that, I mean, falling in love, is that actually a reality? Do we fall in love? Is it like we are walking in life and we are, I don't know, walking at the edge and suddenly, boom, I fell in love with Megan. Like, like, by, like by accident. No way. That didn't happen. I choose to love Megan. Love is a choice. It's not an accident. You know, marriages are struggling right now because they are like, well, I don't know if I still love him or love her. They are seeing love not the way God sees love. Love is a choice. The problem is that you are chosen right now not to love your wife or not to love your husband. So love is a choice. More than a feeling, it's a choice. You choose to love. You choose to spend time with someone. You choose to invest in your most important relationships. You choose to act in a certain way towards that person. So love isn't a feeling you fall into, but it's a choice that leads to loving actions. Love is a choice that will lead you always to loving actions. See, that's the big truth about relationships. That the feeling of love always follows action of love. Now, un- now, we need to understand this. Saying that love is a choice and not a feeling, that doesn't diminish the power of love. In fact, it elevates love because love isn't something that just happens. Love is a choice because it's careful. Love evaluates feelings, and feelings can be based on a variety of different things. For example, a feeling can lead you against the biblical truth of God's love. But when you choose, you evaluate the relationship with God's eyes. So you see if this relationship is bringing you closer to God or not. So you need to choose. We need to choose to love one another. So love is a choice we make over and over again, even sometimes when we don't feel like doing it. The thing is that we base our decisions many times on our feelings. Like, I don't feel like going to church today. I don't... I don't feel like uh, I, I love my wife still. And that's not the way we should work. We should live, you know. Our minds are not wired for that. I mean, feelings are beautiful. We all have feelings. And, and feelings are, not, are, are neither bad or good. They are just feelings. The thing is that the, the Bible speaks about something more important than feelings. speaks about the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit needs to control your feelings. 
The Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. That means that we will make decisions based on God's word and not our feelings. So if you're going through a hard time in your marriage or with your children, I invite you today, I challenge you today to make better decisions through God's word and not only using your feelings. Choose to love. Choose to love. How do we choose to love every day? That's the question. We do it through the practical actions that we choose to show the other person. Yeah, this is the perfect week for this sermon. What, a, what Valentine Day ideas you have in mind? How are, how are you going to show your love to your wife? How are you going to show your love to your husband or to your children? How are you going to show your love to your brothers in Christ, your sisters in Christ? How are you going to show your love to the church? Now the question is, do you love the church? If you don't love the church, the church is Jesus body the church is jesus bride so if you don't love the church you're messing with jesus you're not messing with a pastor or a leader you're messing with jesus himself and we are part of the church so we should love the church we should celebrate church you know anyways love we need to to choose to love and also show our love through actions in verses four and five of First Corinthians 13, Paul says, Love is patient and kind. Are you patient with your wife? Or wives, are you being patient with your husband? What about kindness? Are you showing kindness to your spouse or to your children or children to your parents? Love is not jealous. What about jealousy? Not, not only in the confinement of marriage, but in everything right in any area of our lives in our careers or even in church it says that love is not proud or rude bible says that we should talk to one another with kindness not in a rude way we're christians for god's sake the word of god should be not only in our hearts and minds but also in our lips so you know the sad truth is that most of us we are more kind to strangers than we are to the people who are most important to us. I mean, think about it. How many guys out there, they are deciding every week to spend more time with their buddies from work than even with their wives? You know? We need to to know where, where are we investing our time. We need to invest into the relationship, the relationships that... Uh, are more important for us. First, my wife, my children. Of course, God goes first. My church. So love is not based on emotions. It's actually based on convictions. I make, I make the decision or I choose to love. Now, during this series, we, during this series we're going to be sharing some uh, relationship refreshers. Like uh, quotes that you can even tweet later if you use Twitter or whatever, Facebook, Instagram, social media, or you want to share this refresher with your family later. And this is the, the phrase that we will use today. This says, love is a choice I make through the actions I take. I'll say it one more time. Drop the mic? Okay. <laughs> love is a choice I make 
through the actions I take. I'll say it one more time, I'll say it in Spanish. El amor es una decisión que tomo a través de mis acciones. Love is a choice I make through the actions I take. God loves us, and that's why he, he decided to, uh, to take the step and show us that love in action. What is that action? Whenever you see the cross, that's love. Love is a choice, a choice I make through the actions I take. Truth number two. Love is also a compromise. Love is also a compromise. See, love is learning to be less selfish and not always be my way or the highway. Okay? It's deciding to be less selfish every day. Will not, I mean, I need to know that not always will be my way. You know? Compromise is so important because there's no such thing as a conflict-free marriage. If you have a conflict-free marriage, please pray for me after the service. I'll come to you. Lay, lay your hands on me. Pass me the anointing. Whatever. There's no such thing as a conflict-free marriage. There's no such thing as a conflict-free church. Yeah. Is it? It's true. There's no such thing as a conflict-free church. Why? Because church is based on relationships. And in relationships are messy. That's the truth. There are arguments, different opinions, preferences. So there, there will always be conflict. But what, what, will all, what will always govern our relationship should be the Holy Spirit. Should be the Word. Should be peace. So love is a compromise. See, if it is so important to you that you've got to win every battle in your, in your home, in your house, I guarantee you, you're not going to be happy in any relationship. You're not going to be happy in your marriage. If it's so important for you to win every battle with your wife. No. Pride is the root cause of every conflict. And you see that in a, in, in, in a fight between friends and in a fight between nations. Pride is the root of every conflict. Look at what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 5. It says, love does not demand its own way. Boom. Amen. It says, love does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. You can't choose to love someone if you're only thinking about defending your rights or getting your way all the time. You can't love that person if, if that's the way you think. Love can only be present in a relationship when you stop thinking about what you want and you begin to think what the other person needs. Something that we call expectations, what I want, versus necessities or what the other person needs. We all need affection. We all need protection. We all need friendship. We all need communication. Those are needs. Those are not something that we, we can expect to happen. We need to do something to make those things happen in our marriages or in our families. So sometimes compromise is 50-50, right? You win one battle, she wins one battle. But other times in marriage or in any other kind of relationship could be 100 to 0. You will end up losing every battle. But that's okay because you're learning to love. Truth number three, love is unconditional. 
Fill in the blank there. Love is unconditional. This means that love isn't subject to circumstances or a good mood or a bad mood or whatever is going on in a tough situation. It means that I love you despite the circumstances, that I love you through all things and at all times. And my love for you is going to be strong. It's unconditional. It's the kind of love that God has for us. It doesn't de- His love for us doesn't depend on, on our performance, how good we are, how we deserve His love. He just loves us. There's nothing that you can do that will make, make Him love you more or, or love you even less. He just loves you. His love is a con- it's just constant. It's always the same. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says, Love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful. See, all positive things. When you think about your wife, what's the first thought that comes to your mind? When you think about your husband, what's the first thought that comes to your mind? When you think of all your children, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Or your parents? See, we need to see the way we're thinking. Because the way we think will, will also shape the way we behave. Will shape our actions. And if the first things that come to, you, to your mind when you think about your wife is something negative, hmm, there's, you need to do something about, with that. And the fault is not on your wife. Maybe it's your own fault. Your thinking is only negative. You're not thinking like God wants you to think. He says, love never gives up. Never loses faith. It's always hopeful. Always. And it says, later it says, and endures through every circumstance. Every storm. Every desert. We need this kind of love. We need this kind of love. Who is going to teach the next, the next generation what a family is? Not schools. Not governments. You will teach the next, the next generation what a, what a solid, godly marriage is. You will teach your children how to be better parents than you were. You will teach them how through your actions, through your example. Hmm. Point number four of the last truth that I want to share with you this morning says love is demonstrated by Jesus Christ. And that's the most important one. If I haven't experienced the love of Jesus Christ in my life, it will be hard for me. Hard for me to have this kind of love. The unconditional love, the patient love, the the love that is kind. Because I need to receive Jesus' love first. Even more, you know that the amount of love that I can give is dependent on the amount of love I have received? You know that? The, the am, amount of love that I can give to, to, to someone else is dependent on the amount of love that I have received from God or that I, or, or that I am receiving right now. 1 John 3.16 says, 1 John not John, First John 3.16 says, We know what real love is. Look, we know. The church know what love is. How? Because Jesus gave up his life for us. When I got married, you know, I, I, I came to the altar with, my, with Meg and my wife. And you know the altar back in the days, you know what, what was the purpose of an altar in the Old Testament? What? 
for sacrifices. So when I came to the altar with Megan, I came there to die. To give my personal goals and maybe my own vision for life. To die to that. And now build a new vision together. New goals together. That's why marriage is so important. If you're not thinking on getting married, well, you're missing this. Marriage is really important because marriage is a commitment. It's a sacrifice. And the Bible says that Jesus shows, showed us what love is. It was demonstrated by him. because Why? Because he sacrificed himself for us. That's, that's true love. This is the kind of love we want to receive, the kind of love that we want to be able to give to other people. So the amount of love that I can give is dependent on the amount of love I have received. Our, our memory verse for today is John 3.16. And it's so important to memorize scripture and to, just like David said, to meditate on his words day and night. John 3.16 is a really well-known verse. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have, have eternal life. Amen? That's the kind of love that God wants to show you, wants you to experience. So, my question is, will you allow God's love to fill your heart today? Will you? Remember what, what I said to the, uh, before? The amount of love that I can give is dependent on the amount I receive. If you are not receiving God's love right now, it is not God's fault. It, it, it is not His fault. It's, maybe it's our fault because we are just trying to be as far away from Him as we can. Maybe some of us just come to church just to sit down like every other Sunday. And go home the same way. But God is here to touch your life. God is here because He cares about you. He doesn't care about the things that you did. He doesn't care about the things that, I don't know, maybe people have said about you. He is here to heal your heart. He's here to heal your wounds. To heal your scars. He's here to show you love. What real love is. And we need to open our hearts. So I'd like to invite the worship team to come to the stage. And as they play some mellow, soft music in the back, if you have your journal with you or the bulletin and you have a pencil whatever, or your phone, that's okay. We're going to take a moment to do some journaling. Because the Bible says that we need to meditate on Scripture. We need to meditate on God's Word. And to meditate... That requires an effort from your part. It's not me talking to you and then I say amen and that's it. It's you opening your, your heart to what God wants to speak to you. So if, if, if you have your journal or you have a piece of paper or you have your bullet and you have a pen or if you don't have any of that, just grab your phone, open a note there. Don't go to Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Because God wants to speak to you. And I wrote this, uh, this exercise that I want to share with you this morning. It's a listening prayer exercise. I believe that all of us here, if you're God's children, are you God's children? Yeah? All right. I know that my, my daughter and my son, when they hear my voice, they know that it's daddy speaking, papi speaking, 
puppy talking. The same happens with us. If, if you are God's children, just meditate on everything you heard today, right now. Don't be distracted. The enemy will try to distract you like every day. We'll try to bring other thoughts to your mind. Just meditate on God's word. Meditate on what we learned today. God's love for us is unconditional. He loves us. He wants to change the way we relate to others. He wants to change the way we, we think about love. Meditate on his word. Get your journal. Get your phone. And let's do this listening prayer exercise together. You just need to be silent. You just need to be uh, before him with a humble heart. Pride is the number one enemy. If you come before him with a humble heart, he will speak to you. He will put maybe a picture. He will put maybe a word. He will put a phrase. Or he will tell you something about you. Something that maybe you need to work on. Or, or maybe he will come to encourage you. <laughs> he always do that. Because he cares about you. And the listening prayer exercise of today says, Holy Spirit, please reveal to me your unconditional love. Show me what is the state of my relationships with my wife, with my, with my spouse, my children, my work, uh, my uh, co-workers, church family. Then please show me what I can do to strengthen my relationships and change the way I relate to love. Listen to that. Show me what I can do. We are not going to take the time to pray, God change my wife, God change my husband, God change... No, God change me. <laughs> change me. I need to change before I need to change. So God, show me what changes you want, you, you, you want to bring to my life. And then finally it says, I want to love others. And this is the personal declaration and prayer. I want to love others the way you love me. So let's take some time. If you want to close your eyes, just listening to God and then write down whatever comes to your mind, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Holy Spirit, we give you permission. We give you control of this service and we pray that you speak to our hearts through this listening prayer exercise speak to our hearts put a picture put a word put a a dream Laura bring a even a a promise from scripture a bible verse and help us to listen to your voice right now in Jesus name let's do it together I believe that God wants to have a personal relationship with you. Maybe this will help you. Have every time a time like this with Him. Because every day we need a word. Every day. 
I want to pray for the marriages right now. If you are here with your spouse, I invite you to hold, to hold hands. Let's bless our marriages. Pastor Roy, Pastor Roy, come with Pastor Marilyn. And this, as the spiritual leaders of this house, would you lead us in prayer and, and bless our, our families and our marriages, please. said do you pray first so I guess I have to obey at least in front of you <laughs> dear father we just humbly ask that you would um, just come into all of our marriages bring restoration where it's needed we choose to love with your love because you put your love in us you live in us we're connected to you so you've given us the power to love you've not given us a spirit of fear but of love power and a sound mind so lord i just ask dear father that as we reach out to you because we are in you and you are in us lord you can give us that power to love and i pray a blessing on each marriage here lord that we would walk in your ways and glorify your name and how we th what we think and what we say, Lord. In Jesus' name. Father, your love is amazing. We can't totally understand it or even know exactly how to do it, but we do choose and we make the choice. Father, I pray for every man, every husband, future husband. Help us to love our spouse the way you love the church. Be willing to give our life. Lay down our own expectations and our own desires that we might indeed fulfill the love of Christ in our homes. May we be models within our home. May we be an example in our home, our place of business, communities where we shop. I pray, Father, for every young person. May they indeed see in Jesus Christ the greatest example of love and endeavor to choose to emulate that love in their relationship with their siblings, their friends, schoolmates, college, where they work. Lord, may we indeed be a group of people that have chosen daily Bless every home represented here this morning and many who aren't here. Lord, let every home associated with Northwest Family Church choose love. In Jesus' name. I invite you to stand up. I'm going to pray for our families, for our children. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Lord says it's not over it's not over he wants to restore marriages he wants to restore our brokenness 
So you know why? You know why the enemy is so against marriages? Because the marriages are a prophetic, powerful symbol of the relationship of Jesus and his church. So the enemy wants to break the image. So the world will not see the beauty of the church, the beauty of Jesus. But he's defeated. He's defeated. Jesus came to this earth to destroy the works of the enemy, says 1 John chapter 4. So the enemy has no authority over your marriage. The enemy has no authority over your children. The enemy has no authority over your home. Just like in Egypt, the Israelites' families were covered by the blood of the lambs and they were protected from, the, from everything. The blood of the Lamb of God is covering our homes, our families, and our children. Oh Lord, we believe in your word. We believe in your word, Lord. We believe in you. Now I invite you to speak life, to speak life into your marriage, speak life to your children, speak life to your to your house, speak life to your family, speak life, speak the truth of God. Do not buy the lies from the enemy. Do not buy the lies of this world. Believe what the Bible says about you, about your children. The Bible says that God is the God of families. He is the God of the families of the earth. He is the Almighty God. And He, he, he will protect you. He will take you in His arms. You will be safe. I pray over your children that they will be safe, that they will be protected, that they will grow up and they will rise and they will be a different generation, a radical generation for God's glory that will show the world what true love is. They will show the world the love of God through Jesus. And I pray for a marriages, the enemy in the name of Jesus, you are defeated. You have no authority. You can't come against our marriages. You can't come against our, the love of a, of, of a Christian marriage. We are protected by the Lamb of by the Lamb of God, by the blood of Jesus. And we rise up, and we rise up, and we rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost. We rise up as Christian godly marriages to show the world what true love is. And I declare in this house of prayer that many families, many marriages, even broken marriages will come and will receive restoration in this house through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the work of the Word of God. We celebrate your love, Jesus. We celebrate your love, Father. We celebrate your love, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, yeah. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Hmm. We love you, Lord. Hmm. I bless your family. I bless your house. I bless your children. I bless you, men of God. I bless you, women of God. I bless you. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. And everybody say, Amen. And Amen. God bless you. God bless you. We invite you to stay for our lunch. I appreciate.